What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. The Falcons lost 26-3, Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wackiest hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going, going very well over here. I've turned my brain on from last week at the end of the show. They were both off. Sure. So brain's on. I'm starting to think that could be a slogan for us. Brain's really, on? Yeah, you said that at the end of the podcast last week. Do you remember? Remember I said like brain dead, brain gone, or brain, brain dead, off. brain gone. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So, you know, we'll put that through our marketing interns. Uh, so you said your brain is not gone or dead, it's on? It's on today. Wow. Is your brain on? Not really, okay. but I'll do my best. That's, that's what the- brain dead, brain gone, <laughs> your brain is on. As long as one of us has, you know, the, the two of us combined anyways, that's about one good brain. Yeah. So. Maybe three quarters. Yeah. Let's yeah. not give ourselves too much credit yeah. now. Oh, man, maybe not good brain. Average brain. Average brain. But, so that, that all checks out. I like that you're starting your intros with the Falcons, since, you know, we are a football podcast now. Right. Professional football podcast. Sure. I got to tell you, though, the worst nine minutes of my entire week was about 10 minutes before he showed up when I watched the full YouTube highlights of that game one, the preseason game one loss against the Titans. Oh, God. That was just brutal to watch the highlights. Terrible. I could not, like, we're still never going to pretend to sit down and watch an entire preseason game. Like, especially one where none of the starters are playing. I I can't do it. That's not in me, Graham. Yeah, I've only done that when I had to cover the Falcons for that fledgling uh, sports media group or whatever um i watched every down i went to training camp once i mean i i, I did it all i don't think i knew that yeah um your credentials i didn't have credentials oh, I, you went I, as a I, fan? I, I sat with the fans <laughs> and just wrote things down julio makes good catch <laughs> matt was intercepted by ricardo allen is this the end of matt ryan and 2013 or something so, so you didn't get uh any interviews for that fledgling internet site that like paid you like would they give you like twelve bucks? I for think the entire no, time? that's way too generous. I think I <laughs> made about two dollars and twenty five cents in a year and a half. Maybe maybe it was like five. I don't know. It wasn't that much. So, it wasn't. I was not in the double digits. So you're like working at a sweatshop in China in like eighteen. 18- 22 minus the physical labor sure but with those that weight those wages yeah those wages yeah pretty pretty brutal yeah maybe even in some uh unfortunate third world countries today that that would be applicable but yeah i wasn't making any money so how many uh hours a week do you think you put into that i probably put definitely not like full time it was probably 25 hours though i mean it was a decent chunk that's brutal yeah i wrote at least two articles a day i remember you putting them out there i was probably one of your three readers yeah, you and some relatives. I remember having a conversation with you. You were like taking care of someone's dog or something, and I was like, "Oh crap, this is great! You're, you're hitting it big. This is awesome. I'm really happy for you." And here we are today. Yep. Yeah. Way of the road. <laughs> way of the road. Anyway, I mean, should we dive into the Falcons now that we're talking? about Yeah, the Falcons? why not? Let's talk about this shitty game or what we what we saw from it. And this is not to let anybody who's new to the podcast think that we don't love the Falcons. We adore the Falcons. We have stuck by the Falcons our entire lives as Atlanta sports fans. We're just not preseason guys. We're just not preseason guys, and especially when you have a shitty team with zero depth, it can get ugly. And it was extremely ugly in that 26-3 loss to Tennessee on Friday night. 
And Graham, without knowing it, actually just proved my point completely that we're not preseason guys. As the final score of that game, Graham, was actually 23-3. to Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Can't even get that right. The most basic of freaking reporting. (laughs) So we're going to sit here and, uh, you know, we've already said that we didn't watch the game. I did watch nine minutes of highlights, though, so that's pretty good. I watched, occasionally glanced up at the TV when we were at uh, Neighbors. And, and Graham can't get the final score right. No. So, but all that being said, let's really dive into this game. And uh, t- to get serious for a second, Graham, I mean, we joke about this because there's like no takeaways to take from a game one preseason game with no starters playing at all. Yeah. Like the only starter, the poten- only potential starter that was even out there was Josh Andrews, who's going for that uh, left guard Jesus. position. And he was noticeably the worst lineman on the field. Like, for a bunch of guys that are maybe backups, probably not going to make the roster. So, the hope there with Josh Andrews is maybe he needs uh, some good guys next to him in order to perform halfway decent. Or but maybe he should be a special teams player. Or maybe we just need to look somewhere else and hope, hope that we can uh, find a veteran that's cut from some other team. But... Just the line in general made it impossible to judge this offense at all, like any of the players. Quarterbacks, we'll talk about the quarterbacks a little bit, but like, you know, obviously the running backs couldn't get anything going when the line in front of them is terrible and it's like second and long every single play. And the receivers, the stats were horrendous for the receivers. I think the leading receiver was like a backup, like maybe a fourth or fifth string tight end slash fullback. He was our leading receiver. So it was really ugly. But I do want to talk about the quarterbacks because that's kind of the only interesting thing that came out of this game to me. And that, you know, hopefully we don't have to worry about a backup quarterback all season and Matt Ryan will stay healthy. Because what we're looking at right now, like A.J. McCarron, who has such a low ceiling, yeah, and a pretty low floor as well. Like he There's is, not much difference between the two. Yeah, he he is what he is, and he just looked just like the most boring quarterback I've ever seen in my life. He looked like Joey Harrington when he was uh, on our team, the Mike Vick, when Mike Vick got arrested and Joey Harrington was our quarterback. Although Joey Harrington actually looked a lot better than A.J. McCarron. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, that he made – he, I didn't say he made Roddy White into what he was, but that was the first year Roddy was any good. Yeah. It was the Joey Harrington year. I mean, he threw, I think, 25 touchdowns. So, yeah. Put some respect on Joey Harrington's sure. name. My bad. My bad. But, I mean, all of this to say is like in this game, Felipe Franks came in in the second half and he was intriguing. So, Felipe Franks is the guy. I mean, he was big time quarterback at Florida, transferred uh, to play at Arkansas once Kyle Trask. Uh, became a big name at Florida. So, like, he was somewhat of a quarterback prospect. I was excited that we at least picked him up to give him a chance as, like, a a long-term developmental piece. And he extended plays with his feet a lot, including, like, the big highlight was the, like, 52-yard run. I remember watching that. That he had had there. But, like, watching him and McCarron behind the same line, like, Felipe Franks looked, like, ten times better. Granted, the, the throwing stats aren't there for either, but at least... Frank's like attempted to make things happen so so much to the point that apparently going into this 
Saturday's game against the Dolphins, Felipe Franks is the number one quarterback on the depth chart. So we're actually going to give him more of a run over A.J. McCarron because, you know, there's at least something there. A.J. Yeah. McCarron is no Matt Shaw. No, he's not in the guy that probably shouldn't even be in the league. I mean, honestly, he's got nothing going for him in any respect. He has no wheels. He's slow as hell. He can't throw the ball down the field. He's pretty short, too. Yeah, and he makes Drew Brees look like a giant. So I have zero interest in this guy as a backup. Do you have any thoughts on Felipe Franks? It's a nice run on a broken play. It's, it's about all I can say. I mean, didn't really see him complete a pass. I don't know if he actually did or not. He had a couple. Yeah. But, like, based off my – did you watch the nine-minute YouTube? I did not. So I'm the damn expert on you this are. game then. You, you can say whatever, and wow. I'll believe you. Because, like, he had – like, I mean, he's got a cannon for an arm. And he had a number of really nice throws that, you know, it's just like fifth, sixth, seventh string wide receivers that are – guys are all over them. But still, like, you know, our number one guys are hauling these passes in. So, he, I mean, he looked pretty decent on the on the tape. Granted, those were the highlights. Defense actually showed a little something. You could at least see the difference between a Dan Quinn defense and a Dean Pease defense. There's a lot more active in I mean, terms look, of the blitz, for sure. We had, what, uh, one, two, three, four, four sacks. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, that's huge for us. That is. That's, that's usually, like, the most we'll ever get in a game in a season. And um, when that happens, it's like the, 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 the Red Sea has parted. Yeah. And my boy, who... Is always I feel like Marlon Davidson, to me, is like Wasker Yanoa to me. Like I'm all I'm gonna keep preaching about this kid until he completely shows up. And all reports was that I mean the the, the stat line is amazing, three tackles, um, but he was a menace on that line and just like drawing attention. So th- that's really great to hear. And then Dorian Etheridge is another name to look for the next couple weeks. Uh, linebacker had 13 tackles. Uh, seven of those being solo tackles, and he was just all over the field whenever he was there. So keep your eyes out for number 48 over the next couple uh, games. He's a rookie out of Louisville. So he could be some more linebacker depth of what what is already one of our strongest positions. Your boy Jalen Hawkins, Adam, also showed up. He was he contributed one of those four sacks, shot through the front, front seven from the safety position, and, and was able to get to the quarterback. So that was nice. I, I, I was being too hard on the on – the, um, on the defense, they actually did show something. It was still though, just you know, a lot of points given up. But the offense didn't do him any favors in field position or anything like that. I mean, can't do much when you score three points. Yeah, and the score doesn't matter here. You're you're still just at this point. It's just all about the position battles and putting these young guys, giving them some experience. It was surprising that Kyle Pitts didn't get a single snap. He did dress out. So it was a big tease to everyone. Kyle Pitts was in uniform on the sideline, but Coach Smith just wanted to give him a look at what it feels like to get dressed for game day, but that didn't actually get him out there. So I do hope the second game we see a little bit from the starters. Like, So I heard the starters are going to play two, two series in the next game against the Dolphins. So I don't know how things work now that they only play three preseason games because I think that was a, a, a rule instituted over the last couple of years, and I always forget uh, how that works in terms of how much time the starters are supposed to get. Cause it used to be when there were four, the starters would play the majority of, of the third game, but I don't know how it works now. I don't know if the starters are going to play a shit ton in the third game or not. I don't know because, I mean, I would imagine 
as a uh, as as roster decisions come into play, you, you have a pretty decent idea of who's going to make the roster um, at this point for the most part, minus you know some select positional battles. So I don't know if the offense is going to get a shit ton of time on the field or not. I'm not really sure how the damn preseason works in terms of what the etiquette is for starters playing anymore. Well, I think it's each coach is going to be different. Mm-hmm. No one really knows how they want to do it yet. Smith seems more inclined to not play these starters much at all, um, less than other other teams have d- been doing. So who knows? We, we will find out. Um, couple. Well, I have a, a stat correction on myself from last week. I said our punter, Sterling Hoffrichter, was cut. I was incorrect. He was actually placed on the IR. Mm. So he was hurt. Uh, and there's two guys kind of gunning for that punting spot right now. Uh, yeah, this is probably your boy, Graham. Cameron Nizalik? No idea how to pronounce sounds, his last sounds name. Eastern European. He's never actually played in the NFL, but he was the punter for the everyone's favorite team, definitely Atlanta's favorite team, the Atlanta Legends. Ooh. When Youngway Koo was the kicker for the Legends, so he was the holder for Koo, which is a kind of, and when Koo was like, he was like 15 of 15 with the Atlanta Legends, as everyone knows. I think we just got to keep getting our special team guys from the from the Legends. Yeah, no, I mean. It, Who is our returner? Mm, I, I don't know, Graham, mm. but we, well, I can look it up and have it prepared for you next week. Very good. Uh, but, you know, this guy, he had a long punt of 60 yards and averaged 54 yards and uh, six punts. So that's solid. I know there's, there's another kid that's also in the running. He might punt this second game if you're into punters and punting battles you are very much into that i am a punt guy so i'll, I'll keep my eyes peeled on him and uh you know i'll have a full special teams report next week for everybody um and the last thing i want to say about the falcons graham is i would like to bet you ten dollars that they have more than five wins more than six more than six yeah i could see them being who yes definitely all right and it shook on, shook and it on. shook, and I'm sure Graham completely forgot that there are now 17 games this year. No, I remembered. Okay, all right. I, I still yeah. don't think we'll win more than six I, games. I feel good at six. They have to win seven, Adam. Yeah, they have to win no, more than I, six. I, I think, you know, I, I think we win 11 to 12. You think we're going to win 11 or 12 games? That's our ceiling. Yeah, my, my uh, I have <laughs> zero optimism for the Falcons, but who knows? Whenever I think the Falcons are going to do well the last three years, they've been horrible. I remember. I like that. Yeah, there was a year, I think the 2018 season. It was the year after we lost to the Eagles in the playoffs. And I was like, no one's betting on us. They think we're a bunch of choke artists. And we were. And there's no way we can bounce back from the Super Bowl. The hangover is real. And I was like, man, we're getting to the second year of the stupid Sark offense. You know, Matt's going to have a big year, which was right. But then I was like, our defense is going to step up. We're going to be awesome. And we're going to sneak in there, and we're going to go to the Super Bowl in Atlanta and win it and beat the Patriots and have a full circle effect, and everybody's just going to lose their minds and blah, blah, blah. And I was totally wrong. Mm. Anytime I thought the Falcons could do anything, they've been terrible. Anytime I expect them to do nothing, usually they'll uh, they'll do something. So something at least uh, competitive. So hopefully I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to be right in this situation. Good, good, good. If we have learned anything from the social media age... It's you can't put your opinions out there as facts. No, 
because people can just pull this shit back up eight months later and see how wrong you were despite how correct you thought you were at the time. But we just made a bet about the Falcons and when somebody's going to lose. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, doesn't that contradict what you said? No, I'm saying I'm not saying the Falcons are going to win 11 games and make the playoffs. Ah, okay. I'm saying that's their ceiling, but I think they're going to win more than six games. Okay. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I owe you ten bucks. I'll glad you gladly pay you ten bucks if we win seven games. That'll be a sign of progress. I guess so. That's about as much as uh, excitement as we can muster for the Falcons. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, that was pretty good. That was more than I thought we would do. So you know, that's our it's our our preseason as well. Right. We're trying to shake off the cobwebs. Adam uh, Adam looks more like Jalen Hawkins. I look like AJ McCarron. Well, like we said, my brain on this week. Your brain gone, gone, <laughs> on and gone. Okay. All right. Should we should we talk? Um, you know, a sport that we're both a little more in tune to right now, Graham? Yes, let's do it. Let's talk about your Atlanta Braves, Adam. Oh, I, I, I really was hoping that you were going to say you're Atlanta United. Oh, that would have been funny. Yeah. Um, but no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Braves are still doing really well, Adam. They've won another series. We have one more game against the Marlins, but we've taken the first two in pretty decisive fashion. I know last night's game was close, but you just felt like the Braves were going to find a way to get it done, and they did. Excellent bullpen work. Will Smith actually had a clean inning for the first time. A very like, clean inning. It feels like 10 years, but let's keep in mind he's facing the Marlins. They have one of the worst offenses in baseball. And he's he's been terrible the last two weeks, two and a half weeks. We, we know this to be true. We've gone over it. So Terrible. Yeah, it's been terrible. He's like two base runners on every freaking time he goes out there, except last, last night. And that game against the Nationals that we were watching last week gets two people on base. And then it gets smoked down the line, and Austin Riley has to bail his ass out. And the save before that, Dansby had to bail his ass out on a, on a liner. People are just crushing the ball against him, man, or he's hitting people and walking people. He's a mess. I, I, I don't think you could say a mess. He's an but, abject mess. No. When you're a reliever allowing multiple people on base and damn near every every appearance, you're a fucking mess. I don't care if they score or we're, not. We're, we're not going to get into this again because I can tell you're getting into your less rational stat-based We went through argument. it, but Adam, but Gra- Graham, you can't deny that. You, can you deny that uh, your boy Rodriguez has been bailed out by Dansby a couple of his outings as well? I can also say he has a 2.92 FIP in his time with the Braves, and he's been kicking ass. I can also say that Tyler Matzik has a zero ERA since the All-Star break. Give one of them a chance at the closer's role. Give some soli- some goddamn stability in that role. We have none right now. And this isn't happening against good teams. I don't think This is happening against the Nationals and the Marlins and a bunch of other loser organizations. I don't think you remember what a bad closer is. Do you remember, like, the Dan Cole era? Yeah. And the, uh, who was that loser? But, Adam, we have from clear. The or- Jim Johnson? Like, that's a mess. Yeah, but we have... This is a guy that's blown three Luke games. Or Jackson in 2019 after that one good month. It's a guy that's blown three games, Graham. I don't care, Adam. You you look at the results of guys getting on base, eventually that's going to destroy you. And You cannot trust him in the postseason. A good closer does not have a 3-7-2 ERA. Okay, so you're, you're saying all of this is fact, abject fact from Graham. We talked about it, though. Rich Rodriguez has better numbers than Will Smith by a long shot, especially in ERA. Whip and FIP. I'm fine saying I have no chance giving Rich Rodriguez a shot at the closer look, but you roll. But you you can't just say that Will Smith is a mess. He's a mess. 
He's not a mess. He's allowing people on base every single time if he goes out If he were a mess, there. he'd be blowing every game. And he like, almost has. To pitch. He's been bailed almost out. Almost has. Okay. By right, Dan's, right. You cannot deny that Austin Riley bailed the shit out of him on, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, that was a great play. So what would you be saying if he doesn't make that play? That Will Smith sucks? No. <laughs> or would you be saying, oh, he's still really good, even though he let three people get on base? Have I ever said he's really good? No, but you've you're said— You're saying he's a you, mess. You're, he's a mess. You've advocated for him keeping the position. He ha- he hasn't done enough to lose it yet. To me, he has. When you when you go through a three week span and you're allowing people to get on base more than you're not, you're not a reliable closer. And to, to to speak on another pitcher you just mentioned, and Matzik, who has been amazing, um, listening to seven fifty five is real. Mm-hmm. They have very great rational conversations on that podcast. You gotta switch it up, Adam. We had two <laughs> two rational conversations last week. Although I still think I'm making fair points. When you allow people you know on base, I'm, you know I'm not an absolutes guy. So when, I know. When I just you allow get so on, mad when you speak at absolutes that when, aren't when fact you allow based. Pe- I am speaking fast, but when you got 14 out of your last 16 times you allowed two or more, or one or more base runners on as a closer. That's not that's not good. But he's closed the game. I don't care. <laughs> you can't just rely on you outcome. You don't, you don't like winning ball games. No, you can't just rely on outcome. Eventually, that the levy's going to break because you do that enough times, mm. you're not going to wiggle out of it. Okay. Uh, but anyways, they were having a great conversation about Matzik. Yeah. And like everyone, you look at Matzik, it's like that is shut down yeah. closer stuff. 99. But do you remember how he came to the Braves? No. So he was out of baseball for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. He's like the Evan Gaddis of pitchers, kind of. Well, he had the yips. Right. Like completely forgot how to throw a strike. So why would you want to mess with a guy who's been amazing for you and put him in a higher pressure situation where like that is like Chuck Knobloch didn't come back from the yips. Like you don't come back from the yips very often. You don't got the damn yips now. He's, he's pitching his ass. But do you want to mess with that? Yeah. If it gives me a better chance to really shut down ball games, hell yes, I do. So if Matt, you put Matzik in the closer role and he completely loses it and gets the yips and then we don't have him as an arm anymore and his career's over. That's well, worth it because fucking mentally we'll, soft and whatever. Like, I mean, that, that sucks, but, you know, that's such a blowing things out of proportion rationale. You, it's always like, if we make this move and it just blows up in your face, then what are you going to do? At least you tried something when something else isn't really working that well. And he's getting by on good defense being played behind him. He can't throw his fastball. He has no confidence in his fastball. So these loopy, fucking off-speed pitches that are sometimes good. But people key in on that stuff, and he doesn't have good control. So you have no concern for Matt Six's mental well-being? Based on his history, I mean, you got to consider that. But he just looks so good and has the prototypical closer stuff that has been proven time and time again to be what you want out of a closer. You've been in the locker room with Matzik? Or Have heard you? All the, heard all the conversations with Have him? You? Do no, you, but are, you, you don't know. Are you with, I mean, they're people. Yeah, they're people. But people got to perform. And Will Smith ain't performing. And he performing. is. And Matt, we're talking about Matzik right I know. now, not Will Ma- Smith. Well, Matzik's been unbelievable. Give him a shot at the fucking role. Will Smith can't. He, you have any confidence in Will Smith going on the postseason against a real offense? I think not the goddamn done. Nationals and a guy who hits 87 with a 306 OPS. I think he because he done. gave up a game-winning home run to a guy like that, Adam. I can't tolerate that in the playoffs. It, it, great play. You think Mariano Rivera never blew a game in the playoffs? That's such a fucking ludicrous thing. That's like comparing Luke Jackson to Freddie Freeman. You're compare Mo Rivera, the best closer of all time, to Will Smith. No, get you, the hell out. of You here. always do this every time. I, you I do this too. No, I'm saying. <laughs> Rivera, even the best closers in the world, of blow course, games. Adam. I'm not saying but you just said you can't have that in the playoffs. So if Mariano oh, Rivera, if whatever, he was your closer, whatever. I'm just saying, 
Will Smith has a bigger chance of blowing a game in the playoffs than goddamn Matzik right now. And that might change in September. I don't know. I'm just saying, what I'm seeing right now, I trust Matzik and Rich Rodriguez and Luke Jackson a hell of a lot more than I trust Will Smith. What happened to the good old days of Graham Waldrop and closers where he, he wasn't concerned about a closer? He wants his best pitchers pitching in the most important times. So and that's if, if fair. That, if that's Matzik in the seventh inning, why the hell would you not want that? If that's Rich Rod in the sixth. I'm not necessarily against that. I'm just saying Will Smith is clearly the closer of this team, and he continues to be, and I don't like that. So why not use Will to, to reverse psychology your ass, I guess, or devil's advocate your ass? Why not use Will Smith in the seventh inning against a, against the bottom of the lineup? He's not your best pitcher. Against the bottom of the lineup? So you want your best pitcher pitching the bottom of the lineup? Adam? Oh, at the bottom of the lineup? Yeah. He's our closer, bro. All I'm saying is I don't have any confidence in him. And, yes, if he blows one game in the playoffs, it's not a big deal. But I'm just saying this is portending towards that. His performance now is portending towards a colossal failure in the postseason to me. I guess I just don't care what fans – like a fan's confidence level in a pitcher isn't enough for me to like go against. Well, what's your Brian Snitker? Do you feel like he, you trust that guy going in the playoffs? The way he's been pitching right now, you can't deny. Oh, I'm going to be very nervous. You can't deny he struggled. I'm going to be very nervous. Can you say he struggled in the last two and a half, three weeks? He's had two bad games. When you allowed two runners on, that's terrible as a closer. Kimbrel did that shit all the time, but Kimbrel has stuff where he can get out of that, and his whip. And ERA, NFIP, were always better than what Will Smith is for the Braves this year. What if he closes out all four games in the first series of the division playoffs, but there's two runners on? That's Yankee's ass, because eventually that's not going to work. So what if he does that in the NLCS as well? Then he's just the luckiest person alive. And what if we win a World Series then and he does the same thing? It's fucking bullshit. It shouldn't happen. <laughs> and you know what? Teams like the Dodgers and the Giants who have good offenses will not let that happen. He will be absolutely destroyed by those people. If you're getting killed by the Nationals, you know, you'll get destroyed may- by them. Maybe this argument can end once and for all on the West Coast trip that's coming up in yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, I hope so. I hope he just, yeah, because... Oh, you want him to fail. If it will cause a change, then yes, I want him to what, fail. What if he is back to what he was at the end of last year, Will Smith, and he looks dominant. Then great, then keep him there. I'm all about performance, man. Okay. How are you performing? Remember when Matzik sucked and I was like, get this loser out of here, and now he's killing it? I'm like, great. Like, I'm all about what are you doing for me over the last three weeks as a closer. That, that's a pretty good barometer of where your head's at. Are you being consistent or not? You'd be you'd be a tough uh, tough manager, Graham. Yeah, I might destroy you. You might have a split-apart clubhouse. Maybe. Everyone would hate playing for you. Zero loyalty. Can't be loyal in, uh, in, in anything. It's all about the performance on the field, in the, on the court, in the, 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 the office, whatever you want to say. So you, you would have set Austin Riley to the minor leagues after April. There's a big difference between a position player and a reliever. Mm. Position player gets a bigger leash. They also get more opportunities. Relievers have to have, they have an uphill battle every fucking second of their lives. Every pitch is scrutinized. Everybody's yelling for your head like some some asshole. Some Ra- I'm, raising my, I'm raising my hand over here. I get it. It's a tough fucking job. I'm just saying, man, when you got people who are doing a lot better than the guy at the top of the food chain, it's time to make a change. And they've consistently been doing that, some for months. And yes, I would feel more confident if Luke Jackson was going out there every day as a closer right now. Even though he sucked in the closer role, too. What a crazy world we live in. That- <laughs> but he's performed, Adam. No, no. He's performed. No, I'm saying what a... August 18th, 2021, we've got Graham Waldrop 
saying that he would like Luke Jackson to be the closer over Will Smith, which, you know, the argument's there. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not there. It's just I would not have predicted this six months ago. No, because he was... It's, it's been a weird season, Because he was it? terrible to start the year. It has been a strange season. Greg. It has been a very odd season, and... Should we talk yeah. about anything besides the closer position? No, let's talk about this for the, the rest the, of our lives. The rest of this lineup. <laughs> this, is, this is like the damn... This is like Chris Dunn. What was our big argument from last year? We had some Falcons argument that was like every damn week it would come up. Probably something about the defense, who I eternally see the reason I hate the defense, we'd get no results from them. Historically for the Falcons, we'll see what they do this year. But it's not even hate. It's just based on performance. I don't give, I'm not loyal to anybody. There was a hashtag trending this week on Twitter to hashtag free Graham. Mm, because yeah. he, I held you down so much last you week did. with the rational talk and not letting you. Uh, this is your therapy. You need to get this stuff out. I do. So you, you seem a lot. You seem a lot better now. That I, you, I feel better. You got that Will Smith. Right I had to get. Out. I had to get that out. I yeah. still think I'm right though. That's just been bottling up. Yeah. So let's talk about this offense, Adam. Let's talk about Dansby. That was a guy we scrutinized to hell and back, and I think he deserved it. He was striking out a third of his at bats. He had a 280 on base percentage. Still played good defense, but wasn't giving you any value offensively. Uh, what date are you referencing with these stats, Graham? Please. Mid June. Late June, something like that. But since July 31st, and he's been good before that, but especially in, since July 31st, six homers, 20 RBI, hitting over 400, like a 957 OPS. And he's only struck out like five times in his last 65 at-bats. That's remarkable. And it's incredible to see the difference in his plate approach, his plate discipline, and his ability to drive the ball. Um and just work like he was another one of those guys who was constantly like swinging at the first pitch, second pitch. I've been I was giving Seitzer a lot of shit about that for a while. Our approach at the plate's been a lot better. I don't know if it's just the new guys or you know what's going on behind the scenes, but clearly Dansby Swanson has put in a shit ton of work, and he always has been renowned for his work ethic. Never you know even when he struggled, but he's seen a lot of results right now, man. He's the guy when you go like three, four, five for us. Actually, one through five. You feel extremely confident in right now if you're a Braves fan. Austin Riley should be in the MVP conversation, not that we care about subjective awards on the show. But that guy's been the best damn third baseman in home runs, on base percentage, and slugging since, like, May 15th. We rake, bro. Yeah. Once again, it, feel, it feels like last year. And I loved that game against the Marlins on Tuesday night. No, the 12, 12 run game. No, no, no. I'm talking about last night, the 2 nothing oh, game. Oh, 2 nothing game, yeah, yeah. Where uh, Solaire's approach in that at-bat, like, it's the eighth inning, 0-0 game. Alcantara, like, I, there's no shame in going scoreless against him. He is a great pitcher. Oh, Alcantara, yeah. Yeah. I love him, yeah. And, um, you know, you can see Solaire just putting a great at-bat together, and there's a huge hole on the right side of the infield, and he just pokes it that way. I bet Chip Carey must have lost his mind when he saw that. Instead of just swinging for the fences and chasing stuff in the dirt, he slowed it down and got the game-winning hit. Right, and this is coming from a guy, too, who throughout his career has just been a power guy. You know, we mentioned the 48, 49 home runs he hit in 2019 being, like, the only good season. Look at the rest of the peripheral stats. They're not that great, um, like, on base percentage and average and whatnot. But, I mean, he's, like, changed He still hit some home runs since he's come over here, but he's really changed his approach, too. Much better at bats and – um not trying to kill the ball every time. He's kind of, and even when he cooled off a little bit, which he has in the last week or so, 
he's still putting together good quality at bats and comes up with a big hit to win the damn game last night. So I mean, I'm fine with him being the two spot. I wouldn't mind. What would you What would you think of a Solaire Dansby switch? Or you just say don't fuck with what's working right now? Yeah, I don't think Snit's putting much thought into that lineup card right now. Yeah. It's, you, you've won. We've won what eleven out of thirteen games. Mm-hmm. You just you just keep rolling with it. Oh, I, for sure. I I hear what you're saying though. Like I honestly have not been overall like as impressed with Solaire. I feel like he's had a, a few really good games, but like I I don't I don't know if he should be batting second. Yeah. But I think like I said, just because it's working right now, keep rolling with it. Yeah. I don't know if he's the answer there long term, but um, you know yeah, Dansby and Austin, you just can't say enough about those two guys like I, I think a lot of it is just you know with, with Riley he's still a young player like he, he's still developing but he's just you know he would do this for a couple of weeks and then suck for two weeks and that's just it hasn't happened again he's, no it's some, since, something since something's may. clicked since may he's been excellent and like I mean Dansby's like he's been the best shortstop in the league for the last <laughs> like three weeks yeah 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 it's it's wild so like that and then I think just having bringing in the four guys that we've brought in is it's just been like kind of a weight off everyone else's shoulders. Yeah. So and maybe those guys were pressing early in the year trying to be Ronald Acuna right. when he was out, and then like just knowing that you've got Almonte and Heredia and what was that backup catcher we hated so much? That's Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Just like knowing those guys are six seven eight it's like you're just pressing to try to hit that home run to right. give us a few runs right. so just think about it too if because acuna, acuna was carrying this team offensively for a while no one was really performing that well except him and i mean i think about this at least twice a day where i'm like man where would we be right now if acuna was still healthy still raking doing his thing i mean we'd, we'd be we'd be i mean we're i think we're very scary right now we'd be terrifying um if we were if, if if he was healthy, but we can't uh, we cannot lament that any more than we already have. Another guy who's been killing it recently is Ozzy Albies. He hit like four hundred last week. I think he hit three or four home runs. He's changing the way that he his swing. I don't know if you've noticed this. And I don't have any analytics to back this up. This is purely an eye eye test. Oh, this is my type of conversation. Yeah. Man. What have you been seeing? On low pitches in particular, he's having more of an uppercut swing. Ooh. But it's leading to more home runs. I feel like the majority of his home runs have been pitches a little lower in the zone, and he's kind of got this Freddie Freeman. You know, Freddie's always kind of had like an uppercut swing, but it's very fast, sure, sort of thing. <laughs> like if you think about it, Freddie, like I'm, I'm, I'm mimicking this in the studio right now, and no, and it doesn't make any sense to anyone who's listening. But Freddie's always had, you know, a slightly uppercut swing, even um, especially on pitches a little lower in the zone, and. Ozzy's starting to do that now. He's 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 really letting the the head of the bat really guide his swing, and he's, I think he's elevating his launch angle, and it's resulting in more home runs, and the power has been there. When even when he's been having a you know a very solid season overall, very good, I think above average season. I mean, he's had I think he leads baseball in, or the major or national league in RBIs or his second or third, and he's also scored like eighty runs. Um, but the home runs weren't coming. Like he was stuck at like twelve home runs, thirteen home runs for a while. But he's really over the last month or so, started to hit more with with more power, not just hitting doubles and singles anymore. He's 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 crushing balls, and I think it has a lot to do with him changing the way he approaches the plate on low pitches, and he's just crushing balls into the seats now. 
So he, he's another guy who's, who's who's been very good this year, but now he, he's he's figuring some something out with his power that I haven't seen before from him. And it's not like he hasn't hit 20 home runs before, but he's going to set a career mark in home runs this year. I mean, you look at this infield right now. So we've got Ozzy sitting at 22 home runs. Dansby's at 24. Freddie's at 26, and Austin Riley's at 26. You're not you're not finding a better in terms o- of power o- offensive no. infield. Yeah, that probably right not. Now. Yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. So like it's just the entire season, the slog it's been. We never had that like five six losing game streak though. You know, right? Like how how big is that? It's like, big that we tried. We, we hung yeah. within four or five games of first the entire time, and this is the extended winning streak we've been waiting for. Uh, let's. We, we still can't get ahead of ourselves, so we're, no. we're two and a half up now, which is it's crazy how quickly things have changed in a couple weeks. Um, but the schedule gets a little tougher after Baltimore and Florida. We, it's still pretty weak for now. But, I mean, it, it's kind of looking like a two-team race at this point between us and Philly. Well, it's interesting. I was looking at it today. Guess how many games we've gained on the Mets since the All-Star break? Probably like eight. Eight, exactly. <laughs> nice. You did your research. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've gained four on the Phillies also since then. So it's like we've just been very consistent. I will be very interested to see how we play when we go through that stretch. I think that's coming up in the schedule where it's like Yankees, Giants, and uh, I think the Dodgers are also nestled in there somewhere. The schedule's going to get a little tougher before it gets easier again. I'm excited to see it, though, because like even when we were playing like we before the All-Star break, when we played the Rays – and the Brewers, we played a couple like really good teams, and we hung with them. Oh yeah, we hung with them before yeah. all these deals were yes. made, and before we've kind of like found our identity and figured out how to win consecutive games. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know that's big. It's it's not easy to do. No. Yeah, yeah. we don't always put out good back to back podcasts. No. We're, we're kind of on off on right. off on this, off. This as week's well. probably going to be a, <laughs> not, not so good one. <laughs> might be a down one. I don't know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see how uh, how it comes out. But you know they they've got their. They've got that swagger back, Graham. Oh, there's just so much con- the confidence so drips, fun to watch. oozes off this team. Yeah, and the pitching is also. I mean, we got to say this, regardless of my feelings towards Will Smith. The, the the overall ERA since the All Star break, I think we're fourth in baseball now since the All Star break in, in team ERA. And ERA is not the end all be all, but I don't think anyone can deny that the bullpen's so much more reliable now. Even Chris Martin's looked a little better. Richard Rodriguez has obviously been a huge, huge boost. We are talked to death about Natsik. Luke Jackson has been a solid self. My, my, my feelings towards this team in terms of potentially being a contending team, like a legitimate, not just a playoff team, but you know, potentially contending for a title, is slowly starting to change. I, I still don't know if we can actually win the World Series this year. I think that's still a very tall order considering the, the competition. But I am more confident in their ability to actually compete in the postseason than I was. I was always like, hey, they'll make it, but they'll just get swept. This team's not worth anything, man. No, but the way they've been playing, if they can keep this up, we can't expect everyone to be as hot as they are right now, but if they can keep this up to a degree, they got a chance to do something. The baseball playoffs out of any of the major professional sports is the craziest shit. Anybody can win. Well, remember, think- remember the Cardinals when they won in 2011, I think, and they were only four games over 500, and they yeah. stuck in his walker, I mean, and they, they won the damn thing. How many times have, yeah. like, a wild card has won the World Series multiple times? The stupid-ass so. Marlins won it twice yeah, as it, a wild card. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, the, the poor, uh, what was that, the 2000 or 2001 Mariners that won, like, 120 games and then lost in the first round. Right, yeah, anything can it, it happen. Happens. Yeah. And big news for us, uh, Oscar Yanoa made his comeback last night. Looked pretty good. After my, my boy Graham. Oscar, after 
Well, he's my boy. He's your boy? Okay. Him, Marlon Davidson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, of course. Y- Young Way Koo, of course. Um, That's a hell of a trio. You got a fourth one to comp- complete your Mount Rushmore of obscure Atlanta sports figures. So, Oscar Marlin. Who's your hawk? I really liked Brandon Goodwin, but he's not a hawk anymore. Okongwu is your 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 Oh, your, your Okongwu. Yeah, I do love Okongwu. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you're <laughs> right. You're right. That's that's my squad, and I, I guess I'll be the center for that team. Um, but yeah, Wasker made his return after punching a dugout back in May, where he was. I mean, just think think of Wasker's like seven or eight starts like that. Him before breaking his hand. Oh, he's carrying the pitching staff. Yeah, he 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 kept us in it yeah. at the time, and he came back and looked amazing last night. I was very surprised to see him look that good because. His uh, rehab numbers in Gwinnett were kind of nothing too impressive, but you know he just dialed it in because he's a gamer. Yeah, I imagine he was just working on stuff. I, I think he was kind of viewing that as like re or spring training part two kind of thing. I was about to say re spring training. And the thing I was also really impressed with, which I know we talked about in like April or May, but the off speed stuff, his uh, slider. Love the action on that thing, man. He was he was nipping the black over and over last night in the corners um, with that pitch and fantastic to see he looked, he looked really good and then bringing an easy 98 yeah so and, like yeah. just getting that as just like oh here's a here's an addition to your rotation and that's a great thing about breaking your hand too that shouldn't really have a big effect on oh dr your, graham your, you know how hand breaks oh just compared pitching? just compared to like coming back from like an elbow thing you oh, know sure. so you're not putting a lot of pre- stress on your hand when you're pitching i mean you have to grip the ball and everything but it's not like it's not going to control your velocity or anything. It's all coming from your legs and, and, and your elbow and, and whatnot. So it's like he, he has no ill effects from that 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 broken that broken hand. I think now it's just a matter of getting his stamina up. Hopefully he can start pushing into the uh, into the seventh inning. Yeah, so I mean, that would be nice. He was so efficient last night because he only they they brought him out and he'd maybe thrown eighty pitches, but I yeah. think it was just like a, a don't push it. Yeah, which he, is he fair. got a couple runners on, and of course Matt Matzik came in and cleaned it up. Right. Which, um, which is fine. I'm I'm totally good with him only pitching as long as he did, especially yeah. given the situation with a zero zero game and and you're trying to win. You don't you don't want to like, you know, if he's starting to let people on, make a move. So that was, that was the right decision. So it's and it's certainly leading to what we've been talking about for a couple weeks now, where we're we're about to have six starting pitchers. Yeah. And and, and what do you do? So I I really like this start piggybacking Smiley with a young guy and just like going with a six man rotation. When you say piggybacking, are you in favor of starting Smiley and then sending someone else out there? Correct, yeah. I was so, about to suggest so the like, same thing. So, like, do Smiley for four innings, and then, like, I'm talking in September, like, once rosters expand, do Smiley for four innings and then Moeller for three innings, something like that. Save the bullpen a little bit. I'm fine with that. Um, I know we play ten games in ten days. Just stick with six starters. It's fine. We, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, and I also think, man, Smiley can't get out of the damn – can't go more than like four and two thirds. It feels like I know he went six the start before last, but um, something's going. I feel like something's going on with him. Well, he really only has like two pitches, and you know the stats don't lie. He's really good. I mean, I won't say really good. He's good the first couple times through the order, and you know that's what sabermetrics are for. But like, you also can't discount the fact that we've won like his last like twelve starts. I think it's irrelevant, just uh, because that's just relying on other people to do their job. In my opinion, yeah, this, this feels like a, a Will Smith argument. No, but can you also form? think though that when a pitcher goes out there and they say, "Well, we've won ten of his last twelve starts," doesn't mean he's pitched a good game. He keeps you in the game. Yeah, 
Like, I mean, think about think about poor, poor Shelby Miller, who went like. You mean the 2016 team where we were rebuilding and had like. Yeah, but I'm just going to use this as an example. It's unfair to compare those two teams. But I Shel- love Shelby Miller. Me, me too. But but that season when he was an absolute monster, right? He had like a two ERA, like sub one whip. I mean, the dude was just unstoppable. He wins like five games. I know that team sucked, but that also comes into play that that was a bad team that couldn't give me any run support. We have a good team that can provide run support. So it, it wins and losses, pitchers, no matter how you look at it. Oh no, I'm not, not not just record, but just winning a game. Like that uh, uh, means nothing to me. Keeping your team in a game means something. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying. I'm not like, talking about whether or not he actually gets the win. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying you are. Yeah. I'm taking this a step further you. and saying like I, I still view it in kind of a similar way. Like yeah, he's keeping you in the game, but he's not doing anything. He's not doing the bullpen any favors. At, at the end of the day, though, like I don't want him in my playoff rotation. Hell no. So, but I also think he's. He's kind of done what he what we brought him here to do, which was eat some innings and be a veteran that's sure. going to pitch every five days. Mm-hmm. So he's done that. So like for the next month and a half, piggyback him with Mueller. That's cool with me. Yeah, and I wonder about Mueller too. Mueller gets sent down. I don't know if we talked about that last week or not. He, um, I think it actually happened after we. Yeah, he got he got sent down after that terrible start. Yeah, I just can't remember if we talked about it or, or uh, last. Oh last no, week. well we didn't know at the time, but we had said he he's clearly the odd man. You out. called it. I remember because it happened the next day after yeah. after yeah, he's definitely uh, like the seventh starter right yeah, now. After we recorded, drop in velocity, and I wonder if that's coming from him nibbling, or if there's something going on with arm fatigue. No, I, I read an article about this today. It 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 is him trying to throw strikes. And that's never a good Instead thing. Instead of just throwing. Yeah. I think it's just a mental thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, he could – I remember he had brought his velocity a little further down from where it was. Like, he used to be comfortably, like, in the minors, like, 96, 99. And then it was kind of, like, 93, 95 pretty consistently. But it was, he was still effective. But, yeah, I noticed the last start especially, it was, like, his fastball was sitting in the 90s or something. And it was like, man, that's some hittable shit. Yeah, he, he's, he's definitely slowed it. And that, that was a tough game because that was after that – extra innings affair with the Reds where mm. Ozzy hit the I think I think it was a common like Smiley started that extra innings game I believe Will Smith blew the save and we had to like use our entire bullpen so there's like so much pressure on Muller yeah. to like go deep into the game right and then like the first two batters he's already thrown like 20 pitches yeah he was just pressing right tr- trying to help the team and yeah. it factor that in to didn't work out to the already clearly the the mental issue there of 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 Taking velocity off his off his fastball to try and throw strikes—that's not a winning yeah. combination. So I mean, he's, you know, the the kid clearly has great potential. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't we're not going to use him as a starter this year. Let him come up and pitch out of the bullpen in September. Yeah. And uh, you know, hopefully, start cranking it back up again with the heat and see what we got. Yeah. Get get some confidence back. We had a big discussion about this last week, Adam. Maybe one of our most controversial discussions of all time on Ooh. air. Yeah, on air. Oh, wow. Who's the mop-up guy in the bullpen now? Is it still Josh Tomlin? Tomlin's still around, man. Did you hear what your boy Snicker said about him? Uh, After that, that horrible effort he had in the, when he was just mopping up that, that Mueller game? I did, but enlighten the users. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Snicker, <laughs> Snicker pretty much said the same thing I did, yeah. which I said last week, which is like, he's so valuable because he mops up. He, he saves other guys' arms. You need a guy like that. And I was like, I completely agree with you, Snicker. So no, you're right, but he's not going to be on your playoff roster as well. So no. it's, it's the same thing with the Smiley argument, right? And, and Smiley could be that guy in the playoffs, maybe. Maybe he's your mop. Maybe he's guy. your mop guy. Yeah. 
Smiler would be a good mop-up guy right now. Yeah. Did you ever think about that one? Could. Gideon Anderson back. When's Ian Anderson coming back? Next week or two. He had a really good outing at Gwinnett last night. Good. It was like four innings, three hits, no runs. Solid. Um, Yeah, there you go. There's the solution. Anderson to the rotation. Mm -hmm. Smiley to the bullpen. Tomlin. Tomlin gone. Nah, we gotta stick, keep. We can. You keep. love Josh Tomlin too much. I do. I do. He, he's like that obscure Reagan era. Like, it's definitely his last year, though, with us. Probably. Like his his ERA, like the three years we've had him, it's gone up like a run and a half each year, and now it's like six. So it's like you know, he's getting older. This is the end of the Tomlin run for yeah. us, but it, it's been a good run. Sure. Yeah, he's, he's eating up some valuable innings, he's and, and he's in, actually pitched in some pretty big situations and done decently. I mean. Was that last year or 20, 2019? Where he, he was, was like, really good in the Cardinals series. Oh yeah, that's where I say we win, we win that series if we keep Tomlin in. Maybe we could have the perfect one two three inning until putting Julio Tehran for some reason. Have you heard? This is random and unrelated, and this I think this will end the Braves segment. Have you heard when Jock Peterson got here? Mm-hmm. He was talking about the playoff series from last year. The NLCS, mm-hmm. and he was just saying, "Yeah, you guys had us. Like, <laughs> there was no doubt. You guys, like, we were." He said, "The Dodgers were getting throttled by the Braves. Should have won that series, hundred percent." Thanks, Josh. Yeah, or, or excuse me, thanks, Jock. But you know, we we got him now, so maybe he's that little uh, special sauce. I think he is. I think he's. I think I think he's going to play a bigger role than people think down the stretch. I mean, he's still platooning with Heredia, but I think when the playoffs come around, you're going to see him do some things. He has a flair for doing that shit, and he's done it on the biggest stage. I'm excited that we have him just for that, honestly. So, one more game against the Marlins, which by the point we get this out, that game will be decided. Either way, we won the series. Right then, now we're up 3 nothing. Good. Then it's on to play the Orioles after that, and then it gets harder with the with the Yankees. So, just keep taking care of business against these shitty, shitty teams. Keep winning the series. Keep winning the series. Sweep them. I love the sweep. Have have a nice winning streak going again. Going into to face New York. Yeah, yeah. Close it out with. I mean, this is dumb to discuss because this will be out. But yeah, with Morton on the mound. Yeah. Let's up three it. nothing. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. We should finish that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a terrible dream last night. Graham. Was it a Turner Field related dream? It was a Braves related dream. So normally, for those that don't know, which I assume is most of you, Adam has. Recurring dreams that happen at Turner Field, the old Braves Stadium, and uh, we haven't really been able to pinpoint why. I think it just means a lot to him. But this is an unrelated Turner uh, uh, Braves dream, unrelated to Turner Field. I mean, it's quick, but like I, I dreamt that we were playing this current series. We're playing against the Marlins, and we were up twelve to two, going into the ninth inning, and then we blew the game. Oh God! <laughs> and it was just devastating. It was like Will Smith. Walked the bases loaded, gave up a did. grand slam. We brought in someone else. I think Matzik then did the same thing. And, like, I woke up legitimately concerned. I was like, did we actually blow a game? And I, I remember, like, trying to talk you off a ledge. Like, not literally, but, like, you were just so upset. And there's, like, some big script that I was reading saying, no, Graham, read this. This is happy stuff. It's fine. It's just one game. We're still in first place. Um, so maybe be on the lookout for that happening tonight. Jesus. Yeah. Hopefully that's not a prophetic dream. Yeah. And, Adam, not much going on with the Hawks. I know Summer League continues. Summer League has ended. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, the only big summer league's so fast now. I think it's always been fast, but I feel like it's like a couple weeks now. It feels like it's five days and goodbye. I think that's just you getting older. It was still a couple weeks. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, I'm sure what I know. Um, the only big news from the Hawks this week is that the TV schedule has come out. Yes. And the Hawks are playing on Christmas Day for the first time ever in your lifetime, Grand Waldrop. Correct. Since 1989. It was. I, I was alive at the time. Yeah. But it was. Uh, you know, my first Christmas. I don't think I was cheering on Dominique Wilkins and Spud Webb and John Concack at the time. Probably not. I don't think I ever have cheered those people on. Um, but that's pretty cool, right? I mean, this is this is the Trey Young effect. Yep. And the, the TNT's first national game as well is the Hawks against uh, the Mavericks. The Mavericks. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. So it's like. You know, we, we play at noon at Christmas, which is awesome. I feel like noon at Christmas, I'm always like, okay, what what are we doing? What are we doing now? Got yeah. got a couple hours till I can start drinking beer, I suppose. Sure. What's going on? Yeah. Get Nancy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of that is Trey Young. A lot of that, I mean, just we clearly took the nation by surprise with our playoff run a couple months oh, ago. Yeah. And this is the ramifications of that. Yeah. So normally I don't care about things like this. I don't care about media recognition. I, or I, I normally just shit on the media when like, especially during the playoff run where it was like the Sixers lost the series. It was never about the Hawks won the series, man. But at the same time, I'm very happy for the organization and for Hawks fans finally. Be, and the, and you know, getting some respect, man. And we went on a hell of a run. You know, the players want to play on the biggest stage yeah. as well. You know, You're like, and, and that makes people want to come play here. It's yeah. another thing to make people want to come play here. That's the biggest thing. That's the best thing about marketing in any respect when you're an NBA team and you got to get another superstar or a superstar in general when you can actually get on that big stage. Yeah, imagine Bradley Beer sit Bradley Beer. Bradley Beal sitting there on Christmas Day with his family. He's obviously not going to be playing cuz he plays for the terrible Wizards. Yeah. Sees Trey Young taking down the New York fans again. That crowd's going to be oh, booing so left hostile. and right. It's going to be the opposite of the Christmas spirit. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason that game's in New York is because of how Trey just took them down, and they want to bring that back. But, uh, you know, I mean, you're right. That is that is marketing. That is how you sell players on Atlanta. So, pretty cool. Yeah. No doubt. Thought it was worth mentioning. I think that, unless you have any Atlanta United news, Adam. Uh, we won another up. game against LAFC. Yes. Joseph Martinez. We watched this one together, Graham. We did. I forgot. Gra- Gra- oh, Graham here was getting into the game. Uh, so this was Joseph Martinez's big return to scoring goals. Yeah. He actually we- scored a goal. Bar- what- Barco fed him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It, lo- it looked like uh, the old Almiron-Joseph combo that we've been missing for the last few years. They're kind of starting to look fun again, just like the Braves have been. So, you know. Keep it up, United. Your boy Guzan had a big uh, foot save. That you, oh, yeah. You were really excited I loved about. It. You, you hardly ever see, at least when I watch soccer, I watch <laughs> a lot of soccer, but I hardly ever see a goalie save a ball with his legs. Unless it like bounces off his legs when he's diving. But he purposely put his foot out and kicked the ball away in one fell swoop, and it was the dopest, one of the dopest saves I've ever seen. Soccer people are cringing right now, Graham. Even I'm cringing a little bit. But wasn't it? I thought it was cool, man. You, I, you, I, you and Alexa acted like it was just some everyday thing. I think it's pretty standard, really. But I'm, I'm happy I got you excited. It did. I was like, oh, damn, Guzan. <laughs> He's got seven years left. He makes a, makes a damn player like that. Yeah. Don't say we'd ever talk about United. Yeah. 
and we have no idea what's coming up for United after that. Or uh, they, they play a game tonight. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh yeah, I heard that on the radio all the way over here. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll tune in after this. Ooh, who knows? Exciting. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps up this <laughs> this edition of Atlanta Zone. We want to thank you guys for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. And we'll see y'all next week. Oh, and happy early birthday, Adam. Your 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 birthday tomorrow. No, it's not. It's on Friday, bro. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> your birthday's on the 19th, damn it. And you're going to like it. No big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm just your best man from your wedding that yeah. happened two months ago. Sure. Don't worry about me over here, Graham. <laughs> uh, that was funny so as we wish Adam a happy birthday we remind you all to rise up chop on unite and conquer and remain true to Atlanta hospitality sip hospitality sip <laughs>